Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host Viz from Walking Dead Now. I want to welcome all of our viewers to our season one finale of Dead Talk Live. As you can see, I've brought various members of our team with us on the screen. Some will be coming in and out during this conversation. That's why we're starting tonight's show a half hour late. I apologize uh, for the delayed start, but it is our season finale. We have, this is our episode 162. So for one night out of this whole season, we're just kicking back, all right? We're just kicking back. We are taking tomorrow off. So everyone, and including you guys, can watch the finale of The Walking Dead. Uh, we are all jazzed. Some of us have seen it on the team. Some have not. I have seen The Walking Dead. How many of you guys have seen it? Uh, is Maela saw it? Me neither. Okay, Marco has not seen it, Summer. You no. have not seen it other, either? I have not seen it. Saz, no. you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, uh, like I said, the, the screen is going to be coming in and out uh, with Saz and Marie. Marie's also joining us as well. Marie, say hello to everybody. Hello, everyone. <laughs> So, uh, guys, if you are watching this on Instagram and you want to see the whole screen, I recommend you flip on over to YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. If you're just on Instagram, obviously, you're going to just see me and Marco, uh, okay, because of the limited real estate that Instagram gives us. It's just me and Marco for the Instagram people, but we do have four other people with us as well. We're doing a mega stream with a lot of different guests tonight. Well, they're not guests. They're the part of our team. So if you want to see everybody, flip on over to YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Uh, like I said, this is our season finale. There will be no Dead Talk Live tomorrow. And I don't know if you guys have been following our social media, but we made a whopper of an announcement today. Okay? Uh, we are starting... Our second season premiere on Monday with guests that include Greg Nicotero, Tom Savini, and Anthony Timpone. I'm calling it the Legends of Horror because that's exactly what they are. And they are going to be all here with me live on the screen. And we are going to be breaking down the finale of The Walking Dead. Uh, Greg Nicotero, the man on The Walking Dead, of course, he directed the finale. Uh, I'm not, I'm not giving away any spoilers, uh, but the finale that Greg put together inspired me to put this panel together for Monday. And through a lot of luck and some, like I said, a lot of luck, good timing, I was able to get all three guests to come on the screen with me Monday night so we can discuss the uh, Walking Dead finale with the man himself, Greg Nicotero, horror makeup legend, director, producer, writer, Tom Savini. Oh, my God. Talk about a legend. Uh, horror ambassador, Fangoria Magazine's former editor-in-chief, Anthony Tempone. It's going to be a classic conversation. And Marco... What are your thoughts on our guests on Monday? Uh 
what, what, what? And Greg, I mean, I I have no words for Greg. I mean, it's just he's amazing, and he's been part of uh, you know Tom Savini's group where with Nico Stavrakis, who they work together in uh, Day of the Dead, and he's going to bring a lot of knowledge. And from what I hear, he's an he's an amazing. He's we're we're very honored and we're very flabbergasted and flattered to have him on. So I'm speechless. So I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to have him on. It's, I think it's great for them. So yeah, it's just yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. And uh, Summer, what do you think about us having Greg Nicotero and uh, Tom Savini and Anthony Tipone here with us on Monday? I'm just so excited. If you would have told me a year ago that I would be so excited and so invested in an interview like this, I would not even believe it. But I'm just so excited um, to see what they got to say. And I'm just excited for you all. So. Oh. Well, it's for all of wait. us. You know, we're all a team yeah. here, and all of our efforts we've put in, like I said, this is episode number 162, and this is not a one-man show. Nowhere close. We all put yeah. in hard work to make this show come to the air every night, uh, each and every one of us. This is a team effort, and I'm so uh, just thankful and proud to have all you guys with us. And this is just a fraction of our team that is here with us. Now, Ethan is also on the phone with us. Ethan, do you want to say hello? Hello, everyone. Hi, yep. Ethan. Yeah, we got hey, Ethan, Ethan, who is Hard Productions. Uh, we all know Ethan makes those uh, kick-ass videos for us. So Ethan is joining us. Sass, can you chime in so we can see you come up on the screen? Uh, yeah, yes, I'm here. So, Sa- so Saz, what do you think about you know Greg Nicotero coming on our show as well as our other guests on Monday? And don't hold back, Saz. I want to hear everything that's on your mind. Oh my God! <laughs> um, again, I've said before, like I've I've joined this. Um, I think back in episode sixteen, I think that was one of the first episodes that I watched. And just to see, like, everyone grow and the team grow and just everyone is absolutely amazing and so, so excited. I've been lucky enough to meet Greg. Um, he's such a lovely guy. Um, so, yeah, definitely cannot wait for Monday. Uh, it's going to be it's gonna be fantastic. Ismail, you're in Morocco. And, Hi, you know, guys. You're one of our younger generation of our team. Just to let you guys know, we are a diverse group. Okay, we are yeah. a diverse team. We are spread out across the world from Australia to the United States to Ireland to the UK, and we're still expanding. Uh, so Ismail is in Morocco, uh, part of our younger generation on our team, because like I said, we are so diverse. So give us, Ismail, your perspective from your, you know, age group you know what do you think about the now tom savini is a legend but he's before your time so you have to look him up and maybe see what he has done to fully appreciate the scope of who's going to be joining us on the screen here i mean how do you being 17 wrap your mind around that so like we as a younger generation know Greg Nicotero better 
the guy's a legend. What can I say? Yes. We are very lucky to have him. We should be all thankful. So for Tom Savini, uh, as younger as a younger generation, we don't we didn't watch a lot of his works, you know. Oh, I understand. I totally understand. Yeah, so that's what puts Greg Nicotero in the first place uh, for us, no? Exactly. And you know what? Yeah. One of my yeah. main goals after Monday night show is after all of our viewers get to hear Greg Nicotero, obviously, who they know as The Walking Dead. He's one of the big head honchos on The Walking Dead. All three shows. Uh, the Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead, World Beyond, which, by the way, I saw today. I saw the premiere of World Beyond today. Oh, like I said, I'm not going to spoil anything. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, Tuesday, we are having the star, one of the stars of the World Beyond. So not only Monday do we have Greg Nicotero, Tom Savini, and Anthony Timpone. Tuesday, we're having Aaliyah Royale who is Iris Bennett on the world beyond. Uh, so talk about a whirlwind. But anyway, like, like I said, one of my goals for Monday is for our younger generation viewers, after they see Tom Savini with Anthony Tipone and Greg Nicotero talking to each other, they're going to go back. We do have a lot of viewers who have never seen the original Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, uh, Day of the Dead. Uh, Tom Savini directed the 1990 uh, remake of Night of the Living Dead. He did the special effects, and he had a cameo appearance in Dawn of the Dead. If you guys go on IMDb and look up Tom Savini, well, get ready to be scrolling for a while, you know, because that list is huge on what he has done, uh, makeup, acting, directing, producing, writing, on and on and on. And like I said, one of my hopes is that after Monday, uh, you know, our younger viewers who will get to hear Tom Savini speak, you guys are just going to go out and you're going to watch Night of the Living Dead. You're going to watch Dawn of the Dead. You're going to watch Day of the Dead. You're going to watch the remakes. You're going to go back and look at this history that is such a huge part to where we are today as fans of The Walking Dead. And I want you guys to experience that history and all the events, all the inspiration that went into in the decades uh, before, you know, where we are right now, all the work, all the inspiration that, you know, that Greg Nicotero is following, uh, you know, from people like Tom Savini and Greg Nicotero gives us, gives us uh, his vision of his inspiration from those guys on The Walking Dead that we see time and time again. So that's my hope for Monday. Uh, I am just, I, I'm still pinching myself. I can't believe I was able to pull this panel off. I'm very excited. So that's what's coming up Monday. It is going to be our season two premiere. And what a hell of a way to start season two of uh, Dead Talk Live. Now, Marco, you are holding off watching the premiere because tell us your reason again. You have access to it. You have I AMC do. Plus, you have AMC Plus, but explain to our viewers why you're holding off and you want to, what 
you told me. Well, part of it was because of being an old school fan. I want to watch the show when everybody else watches it. I want to kind of, and also I have a big mouth. So, (laughs) you know, so I'm going to spoil it. So what I, you know, usually when it comes to show like that, I have my evening planned out for me. I'm going to ship my mother off for the day. I'm going to get my work done. I'm going to do a walking dead marathon. And I just want to watch it with everyone else. So when, all the fans come in and all the remarks come in. I want to be like part of that group where we all kind of can talk about it at the same time. And also we didn't have AMC plus and all that before on demand. So when we have, I mean, John will know when we wanted to watch, we would have to wait up all night and record it to watch it. Yeah. We didn't have access to on demand and, and reruns and cable. Or so DVR. We- Remember programming the VCR? Oh my God! We have we used to watch we used to watch Friday night videos when yeah. we were, were shoot, and we had to wait up till one o'clock in the morning to record a video because there was no option of watching it the next day. So oh, yeah. that's that generation that I'm from. So I want to appreciate it from that point of view as well. Exactly. And it's just a show that we've been waiting for it for so long. I just want to build up my anticipation to see it with everyone else. I just want to be part of that to feel that kind of love. And I'm very happy and grateful that for you have you have watched it that you kept your hands on your seats and not said a word. It is so hard. It is so hard. Saz. It is. It is. It is. And Saz and so forth. So, and I'm very excited. And that's why I kind of want to watch it. And I'm dying to watch World Beyond as well. And and having Iris Bennett's character on is going to be a great inspiration. She can break down the premiere for us too. And going back to Tom Savini a little bit, introduced us to Jason. The Friday the 13th movie when you watch the end, when Jason's character comes off the canoe and grabs Alice, that's Tom Savini's makeup. So he actually gave us one of the horror slashers of our generation. So kudos for that. So that was his design. You so know what created- else he did? Uh, Marco, do you remember Tales from the Dark Side? Yes, he had directed he, a couple of episodes as did, well, three. Yeah, yeah he directed like three, like three episodes, episodes of Tales from the Dark Side. Right. Yeah, and then he, you know, he did Perks of a Wallflower, which is a comedy, which is off the queue. And of course, I loved him in the, those Tarantino movies that he did, Planet Terror, where he played the the sheriff. I mean, he's done every. Yeah, he's just he's going to be. And he's and when we met him at the convention, he's very quirky and very off the beat, and he looks very intimidating. But he's actually a sweetheart when you meet him. So oh, yeah. I'm kind of curious to see how he's going to come off. I, I'm dying to meet him, so I'm very excited about that. Yeah, me and Marco, we used to go to the Weekend of Horrors conventions, and we met Tom Savini several times over the yeah. years, back in the 90s. One of the nicest men. Uh, just yeah. great, very, just a great man. Uh, now, Saz, I saw your reaction video. <laughs> okay, I saw your reaction video. I couldn't, I couldn't help it. Okay. Uh, oh man, that pillow that you had next to you—it got a beating. You squeezed it. You almost <laughs> tore poor Daryl's face apart. Okay, during the scenes. But uh, you know, Saz did a reaction video to watching the finale on AMC uh, premiere. So if you guys don't want to expose, don't watch it until after Sunday night. But your reactions, oh my God, they were priceless. Now, uh, you made a statement, Saz, at the end of your reactions video that it was uh, that I totally agree with, that it was absolutely worth the wait. Uh, I mean, I totally agree with you. It, we waited six months for it, and they did not disappoint, right? No, definitely not. No, definitely you guys not. are not going to be disappointed uh, when it comes to the finale. 
Summer, what are your plans to watching it? I plan on watching it tonight when we get off here. All right. All right. Nice. I'm excited. <laughs> All right, nice. Now, guys, okay. Now, Marie, Marie is a part of our team. Marie does not watch The Walking Dead. And you guys are asking, well, why is she a part of your team? <laughs> Okay. She's Mar- cute. <laughs> Marie is our Instagram moderator. Okay. And this is weird. Me and Marie have known each other for well over 25 years, since like 1992. Okay. Uh, that's like 28 years. Uh, and uh, when I started this, I didn't tell her about it uh, because I know she's not into horror. I knew she probably wouldn't watch the show. And I didn't just tell her. One morning, uh, she texts me saying, I woke up to hearing your voice. I thought I was dreaming, (laughs) but it was your TikTok video. I'm like, oh, you saw that. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this show now. And I have so many followers and it's called Dead Talk Live. Well, after that conversation, you know, I can go on Instagram and I can see who's viewed the broadcast. Instagram is the only platform that allows that. And I would see Marie's name pop up night after night. And for me, I mean, she doesn't watch The Walking Dead. She doesn't like horror, which I totally respect. She doesn't like the blood, guts, and gore. It frightens her. It doesn't like it. I totally respect that, you know? But for me, the just watching it just for me, just to see how I'm doing, was like a big... It was loyalty. I mean, there's no other way to say it. And I appreciated that. And I respected that. And we needed an Instagram moderator. And I knew that she would be perfect. Okay. Uh, We, you know, we gave her the answers to all the common questions. Number one being, when is Rick coming back? (laughs) So we gave her a little Walking Dead crash course on when is Rick coming back? Uh, gave her all the answers to that. And, you know, she has probably one of the toughest jobs in moderating uh, our largest viewership, uh, you know, or, you know, live plus 24 hours. Instagram is our largest viewership with thousands of viewers in a 24-hour time span. So she has the tough job of moderating the lives. So that's why Marie is a part of this team. She's a very valuable member of this team. Me and her work together on uh, nights to moderate Instagram, how to clean up, you know, the 11, 12-year-olds to come in that just want to cause problems. So, you know, stuff like that. Moderating is not an easy job. It's part of live streaming. It's part of what makes live streaming so amazing is the interaction with our viewers. Uh, That's what makes us so fun. Each night... When I come on and I do this show 90% of the time where it's just me, uh, you know, technically I'm doing a monologue for an hour because I'm the only one talking. But I don't view it that way because you guys are sending me your chats. I'm reading them back. And it's my way of interacting with you guys. And I love the conversations that we have every night coming in here. And even the team that's talking to me while we're chatting as well. SAS moderates YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, some other team members that are not with us here right now. 
Singer Check, Khaleesi, also Monitor YouTube. Summer contributes with the moderator. Summer is, uh, I guess the best way to describe Summer, she's the handyman of the Dead Talk Live team. <laughs> she does it all. She does a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, Summer, we need you know a reference to this or summer can you look out for these chats or that i mean so summer does a little bit of everything you know and ismail came on board uh ismail i gotta give props to ismail ismail has been watching my show since episode one when i did it at 3 30 in yeah. the morning my time yeah. with on he yeah. was only one of five viewers of mine wow. uh that's all i had yeah, we're beginning. not sure. We're not sure about. I may be the first fan of yours. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. We're Ismail not, yeah, was like the first name that popped up on my screen when I hit the stream button. And for the first 35 episodes of mine, it was just audio only. And yeah. I didn't introduce, I didn't put my face on the screen till like episode number 36. But Ismail has been with me from the beginning. And he would be up late. He's all the way in Morocco. It's like a, what, a five-hour time difference? Five Six? hours. Exactly. Yeah, five hours, just like Saz over in the UK. Um, and, uh, you know, he was officially brought on board uh, a little over a month ago, I think, as a writer. And now he's a part of our writing team. And the head writer, our head writer, Kat, who's all the way in Australia... Uh, she's our head writer, and she's in charge of the writing department. You know what I mean? So uh, Kat and Ismail and Crystal, who does research in the writing department, they all work together, and they give me this amazing material every night. So thank you for that. Uh, Kat, who's also not here tonight, she, I just want to give her a big shout-out. The show was taken to a completely different level when cat came on board as head writer uh yeah. just having her give me her notes and the scripts and uh for each episode that we do wow i i cannot tell you what kind i am not a person who is from a hollywood background or a tv background or anything like that i started doing this with absolutely no experience and i'm learning as i'm going and I did a lot of my episodes completely just reading the news, sharing my opinion. But when I decided to organize it a little bit more and bring in an official writing team to help me out, and I asked Kat to be the head writer, it was it was the show was just taken to a brand new level. And Kat is invaluable. Uh, she's invaluable to our team. And she's just a beautiful person. Right, guys? Isn't Cat yeah. isn't Cat amazing? I mean, she is just oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah, we love Cat. We love Cat. And uh Ethan. You still there, Ethan? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, Ethan's on the phone with us tonight. Now, Ethan, another one of my original viewers. I believe Ethan and Saz started watching Dead Talk Live around the same time, right, Saz? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, is that how you remember Ethan? Wait. Yeah, me and Saz watched around the same time. Because when I came in, she was one of the names that was in there, too. 
Okay, yeah, so it was, uh, I mean, Saz might have come on a few episodes earlier or, you know, but they came in around the same time. And Ethan, who is Hard Productions, who makes the great videos, again, became a loyal viewer, a regular viewer, and we're lucky to bring him on board. He's our digital video, one of our digital content creators that creates all these amazing Walking Dead videos for us. And he's so damn talented, along with Andrew, who's not with us tonight as well. Andrew lives in Ireland. And another just amazing video creator. Uh, we are lucky on uh, Walking Dead Now and Dead Talk Live to have the amount of, you know, video creators that we do that produce these amazing videos for us that we get to blend in. I think what makes our YouTube channel, our social media uh, so great is that it's not, it's very multidimensional. All right. We offer fan videos, tributes, compilations, and then you have this show that's on every night that talk live. We want to hit every aspect of the Walking Dead universe, and that's what we try to bring you each and every day. So I want to thank our viewers for watching every night. A big thank you to the team. And with that being said, tonight I put it on my team you know how i read the news every day well tonight <laughs> i each gave them an article uh so we're they're going to be reading the news okay and i think uh you know i'm going to share another little secret okay now marco came up with this idea several while ago this is an inside thing <laughs> that we haven't shared outside of the team and you can call it our cosplay all right Marco came up with the idea that we should all be given uh, Walking Dead character identities. Okay? So, yeah. Marco said, well, since, you know, I put this together, I got nominated as Rick. All right? Marco is Aaron. <laughs> Saz is Carol. Make good cookies. Now, yes. I'm Rick, and right there on the upper left-hand corner of your screen is my other half. That's Michonne. <laughs> that's, my, that's, that's Michonne, who has stepped out on me. Okay? She has stepped out on Rick. Okay? And, I've call, and I told her. I, I, I wasn't kidding, but I started calling her Lori. All right? If you're going to step out on Rick, then I'm going to start calling you Lori. <laughs> Marie is Kelly. Anyway, you get the idea. It's funny. It's great. It's a way to keep things light, keep the mood light, uh, to make sure that we all just keep having fun. It does get stressful. It does get stressful with the amount of guests we've been having and the time crunches. And we just try to keep things fun as best as we can. Uh, they've had to walk me back from the edge of the cliff several times because I, I just get so overwhelmed with things and they all have to kind of pull me back and they do a great job at that. So with that being said, Lori, I want you <laughs> to read our first article tonight. Where's Lori? 
Oh, right. Okay. Michonne. I don't see her on here. Okay. Michonne. <laughs> Michonne is going to read our first news article today, and she's going to summarize it. She doesn't have to read word for word. Now, with summer going first, I got to give a little parental warning here. Michonne, a.k.a. Summer, does have a tendency when she's reading something back to slip into a Michonne bedroom voice. So I'm giving a TV mature audience oh, warning. Okay. So in case Summer, a.k.a. Michonne, gets into a bedroom voice, that uh, you guys have been warned. So let's see what you got to us. Uh, let's see. Well, what do you got for us, Summer? Okay. So <laughs> Walking Dead World Beyond will. Okay. Yeah. We'll answer our questions about the group that took Rick. And it just went off for me. Hold on just a second. That's okay. Not as easy as it looks, is it? It's not. <laughs> I give props to you. This is, I don't know what just happened. Hold on just a second. Yeah. Come on, Michonne. You're getting surrounded by walkers. You got to think know. quick. They're closing <laughs> in on you. They're closing in on you. <laughs> All right, well, while Summer's getting it up, we'll flip over to Saz. Saz, let, let's see what you got. Let's see what Carol's got. Okay. So this article is from our lovely friends at Screen Rant. <laughs> so this article is, When the World Beyond Takes Place Compared to The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. AMC is premiering a Walking Dead spin-off this weekend, The Walking Dead World Beyond. So where does it fit in with The Walking Dead's timeline? <laughs> the Walking Dead World Beyond takes place years after the, after the apocalypse first began. Where does it fit in with The Walking Dead's timeline? Currently, AMC's The Walking Dead. I love that. Sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> TV universe is comprised of two shows. The main series, ending with season 11, but we won't talk about that right now. No. And Fear the Walking Dead. But it's set to grow with not just World Beyond, but another spin-off centering on Carol and Daryl and an anthology series. There are also the Rick Grimes Walking Dead movies still to come. So premiering in 2010, The Walking Dead begins its story in the same year. From there, however, the in each season slows when compared to real time. By The Walking Dead season eight, for example, which aired in 2017, 2018, the characters were still existing in a 2013 setting. That changed. The narrative jumped ahead in time six years to 2019, bringing The Walking Dead once again concurrent with real time. Fear The Walking Dead, on the other hand, has yet to undergo a dramatic of a time jump and is still taking place in 2013. Now, I actually didn't know that. I thought it was, I knew there was a kind of a time jump um, and I knew fear was still behind, but I didn't realize it was kind of... Well, the that whole time up. thing, man. Like we've said before, <laughs> it's all it's all perspective. It's all you can, yeah. yeah exactly. Depending on which frame of reference you use, you'll get your timeline. Okay, but go on. Yeah. Um. So that may change with the upcoming Fear the Walking Dead season six, but it's presently still well behind both the Walking Dead, uh, both behind the Walking Dead and the new spin-off World Beyond. Um. 
The Walking Dead World Beyond is to set 10 years after the outbreak, placing it within 2020, where it precisely begins within the year isn't clear, but seeing as the spin-off was originally meant to air earlier in the year, it's likely to start its story in the first half of 2020. Now, does that mean we're going to see walkers with face masks? You know? <laughs> 2020! Never know. <laughs> Uh, not only is this similar to what the original Walking Dead did, uh, starting the narrative roughly around the time of its airing, but it also sets well beyond season one, more or less concurrent with The Walking Dead season 10. Uh, though they are taking place at roughly the same time, this doesn't necessarily mean we should expect a crossover with The Walking Dead in well beyond season one. Uh, there could be a small tease of one near the end of the first season, possibly setting up such a crossover for season two but seeing as the walk nearly finished uh, with what would have been its original run a crossover just doesn't seem to be on the cards there are of course the additional epi episodes season 10 is receiving but as well beyond season one was completed before the news of those episodes was announced any such crossover wouldn't be happening in well beyond season one uh, the walking dead world beyond is also planned as a two season limited series so the span of time it can cover is already much less than either of the Walking Dead series. That said, its two seasons do seem to take place concurrently with the final two seasons of The Walking Dead. This would make sense, as though Well Beyond will also connect to the Rick Grimes movies, and those events are sure to be either set up or affected by how, however The Walking Dead ends. Uh, World Beyond setting and limited run ties into big climactic end for this era of The Walking Dead story. It remains to be seen if Fear the Walking Dead is also brought concurrent in time to participate in some manner with the movies and the May show's grand finale. But they seem likely give, that seems likely given the scale of it. There's plenty of time left for this, for this to happen since The Walking Dead season 11 would premiere in late 2021 at the earliest. And with season 11 being a supersized 24 episode season, can't wait <laughs> it will be nearly two years before it finally wraps that gives not just fear but well beyond a chance to tell their stories while still managing to weave them into the overall narrative of amc's the walking dead universe there you go and like i said guys the whole that congrats awesome job says and like we've discussed before <laughs> all right season 11 amc is, is doing exactly what they did with breaking bad breaking bad uh, the final two seasons were called season five, but you can, why? I mean, I don't know why they just, that's how they choose to do it. Nothing right. Nothing wrong about it. That's just the way it is, but you can call it season 11 extended over two years, or you can see it as 11 and 2022 is season 12. It doesn't matter. It's all, it's, it's, you're getting two more years of the walking dead is all that really matters. Now, Marco, are you ready with your article? Yes, I think this is coming from ITW Media, which is, I think it's part of the New York Times, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, so don't doubt me on this. But it's also um, re regarding uh, the world beyond as well. They interviewed two of the actors, uh, Nico Tortorella and Annette, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong for the first time. So, Annette, if you're listening to this, I apologize. Uh, Annette. Mahendru. Mahendru. So Annette, if you're listening, it's, I apologize, but if I got it right, I got it right. So anyway, <laughs> the article starts off by uh, just saying, The Walking Dead World Beyond, what are the differences between the original series and the spinoff? 
So they sat down with Nico and Annette, and it says, What can their world be on? Nico Tortorella, who we all know from Younger and done a lot of movies, and he's in Screen 4, and Annette Mahendru, an interview, The Walking Dead universe is growing. After the first spinoff, Fear the Walking Dead, AMC is launching in the United States this Sunday, October 4th, the second spinoff, The Walking Dead World Beyond, episode one of which is already available on Amazon Prime, which I did not know. So anyone who doesn't have, who has Amazon Prime, you can actually go and watch the first episode, which is kind of cool. Uh, a series centered on a group of teenagers who are going to confront zombies. So what are the differences between the original series and the spinoff series? Check out the response from Nico and Annette, who play Felix and Huck in the show. So they ask them, they go, who are your characters at the start of the series? So Nico goes to say that Felix is a very loyal, 30-year-old something, very committed to the rules uh, of the community. He's part of a security, but he also does a lot of other things. He teaches, he studies prowlers, he puts people in jail, and has a lot of roles. As season one progresses, we all see it evolved. I think that the case for all the we explore the question, what does it mean to live in this community and to feel safe and then to be outside and find who you really are? Which is a good question because we all ask that as just humans. Who are we really outside of our own skin? Annette goes on to say, Huck arrived in the haven of peace. She works hard to be part of a better world to help build the civilization. She's very grateful to have been collected in the city where she had this opportunity. She was alone, and now she is with people who care about their youth, want to educate them. She wants to protect it all. She's very trained previously. She was in the Army, so that's good to know that she's going to be come from military experience. She's also survived complicated things, and now she has, a, she has found hope. She wants these kids to see the bright side and to experience what the world really is, understand what's going on, and not just stay safe. Um, again, it goes... Playing the series, a dream come true. How did you build your character? And Annette responds back. We trained a lot physically. We worked, learned to use the new weapons that were created for the series. As you go, as you go along, your body gets used to it. It was very cool to physically put yourself in the character's shoes. You don't really think about it in those moments. The creative process is different for me. It was very powerful to live in that because I moved like her. Anika goes to say, what's great about TV is that we, the writers and the actors, have a real relationship from the start. Not everything is written. We have awesome screenwriters who created these characters, and then we come in and help bring it to life. The writers can then write the actor. It's in real symbolsis. It doesn't necessarily happen on a film because everything is already written in advance. That's why I love working on TV. There's really part of the process. That's awesome, and it's very, very true. Good job. Yeah. Very good well, there's job. there's more, but I can, I can, but it's a long article, but no, basically no, we they, got it, um, we got it. It was a big, long yeah. interview. Yeah. 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 Basically, they're very excited about doing the roles, and um, it's good to see Nico Tortorella on television, because he's such a diverse actor that he can do a, lo- a little <laughs> comedy, and he can do a little drama, so it's good to see him, like, be a mentor to younger kids, because he always plays, like, that goofball, if you ever watch all his movies, so... I'm glad that he's on screen, and I would love to get him on the show. I think that would be a great plus for us, so we'll work on that. <laughs> you, you guys know? will not be disappointed in that premiere. Yeah. Now, Summer, did you get your little technical issues fixed? Yes, I did. All I'm right, Michonne, let's see what you got. Okay. The Walking Dead second spinoff, the limited series, The Walking Dead World Beyond, finally premieres Sunday, October 4th on AMC, bringing in 
long lingering questions about the three rings group that's been on the other two Walking Dead shows. This large, heavily armed group, which uses a three-ring logo, has become a very big part of the Walking Dead TV-verse over the past few years. The Walking Dead universe boss, Scott Gimple, referred to the group as the CRM during World Beyond's Comic-Con panel, and a clip from World Beyond has revealed that the organization's military is called the Civic Republic Military. What we know, heading into World Beyond, which takes place 10 years into the zombie apocalypse, so just a little bit ahead of The Walking Dead, is that the Civic Republic is one part of a wider group. The Alliance of the Three, that is represented by the Three Rings, or Three Circle Symbol, it represents three communities. The Civic Republic, location unknown, a township somewhere around Portland, and the world beyond's campus colony near Omaha. Uh, we talked to the cast of World Beyond, who all play characters living in the walled-up campus colony, and asked them about how their new series ties into the Walking Dead story at large. World Beyond centers on two teen sisters, Iris and Hope Bennett, who leave the safety of their home and venture out to, their, to find their scientist father, who they believe is in danger working for the Civic Republic. Stars Alexa, Alexa Mansour and Aaliyah... Royale tells us about the possible nature of the CRM. The university is a really awesome, self-sufficient community, Royale, who plays Iris said. We call it the campus colony because, obviously, it is where university prior to the apocalypse. There's an entire system in place. There's a place of trading. They have a system of not-so-typical ways of punishment and correcting behavior. Uh-oh. It's combining post-apocalyptic life was trying to give everyone the world they once knew. Everyone has seen the three-rank symbol, Royale added, especially on the helicopter where Rick is being carried out. I think it's going to be fun for everyone to see what that is and what that means, who the CRM is, what the alliance of the three is. It only gets more complicated. So I'm excited about that. Guys, um, like I said, I saw it. I saw it today, and I saw it with my son. You guys all, you know, who watch know that I watch these with my son. And man, did he get pissed at me! I kept pausing it every five minutes. Well, the first thing I did, okay, the first thing is as soon as Aaliyah Royale popped up on the screen, I'm like, "That's my guest! That's my guest on Tuesday! She's gonna be my guest! That's her! That's her! That's her!" He's like, let's watch the show. He kept getting annoyed with me. I'm like, that's her. Anyway, <laughs> Ethan, you still with us? Yes, I'm still here. All right, you got your article ready? Yeah, I got it. All right, let's hear it, man. You guys are doing great. This is perfect. I love doing this. I just sit back and just monitor this. I'm playing with the screens, adjusting your sizes. So, guys, if you're watching and you're seeing Summer and Marco move and Saz, I'm just making my little adjustments on the screen, you know, uh, doing my little cinematography. Anyway, Ethan, let's hear it. Okay, guys. So, my article is called How a Sydney Teen Walked into a Role on Amazon's Walking Dead Spinoff. How Comstant, which is playing Silas on World Beyond, for those of you don't, that don't know, 
was in Los Angeles in February about scoring a lead role in a major American TV series can make in a life of a 20-year-old Australian lad when everything changed. And by everything changed, they're talking about the pandemic, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. At least that's what the article says here. Yeah. Um, it says, right now, Compton should be shooting the second season of the show in Richmond, Virginia. Instead, he's home in Sydney. Um, uh, hold on, let me skip down through here and find the important part. It's okay. Um, so how he ended up getting the role is, it goes something like this. Straight out of high school, he wrote the screenplay for a teen comedy called Glitched. His father, Jeremy, a Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts and sometime actor, thought it was a good enough. It was good enough not only to act but also to direct. In 2018, they shot the low-budget feature in Sydney, Sydney's eastern suburbs, and the following year, Compton worked on post-production. Seven days a week, he notes, I poured my entire life and soul into this film. As deep he as he was deep into an all-nighter in the edit to in mid 2019, Thompson received an email um, from an American talent co- management company saying that they were interested in him. And of course, he thought it was fake. He didn't think it was real until he went back and checked, and it turned out it was real. And basically, he started freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, within a week, he had his first audition. Within a month, he had the part. On World Beyond, um, he said it's insane of the fast track experience, and he said he also went on to say, "At school, I just felt so bored and so ready to leave for so long. My life has completely exploded since I left." Matthew Negret, the creator of World Beyond, says that it was obvious the moment they saw Compton's audition tape shot in handheld indie picture style that he had something really special. Um, Matthew went on to say, there's this raw natural quality to him. He doesn't come across as someone who has taken every acting class in the book. He's not someone you can tell has been acting since he was four years old. He has a lot of instinct, and there's a a truth to that that really comes across on screen. His character style is described as a kid who is way too big for his age, Negret adds. He had to have this physical stature, but this is also this gentleness about him. For um, Compton, who stands around 183 centimeters, being thought of as lumb- as a lumbering giant was crazy. And Compton um, want to say, when you go to an all-boys school, it's hard to think of yourself as tall when you're that height. He says, I didn't even realize I was tall until I got on set and all the actors were super small. That was a little funny. Um, Is that the end of the um, article? Compton's ambition. Uh, yeah, I just have a little bit left here. Okay. Compton's ambition is far from tiny. He's hoping to sell his film to a streamer and is looking forward to getting back to the states to drum up interest in his screenplays and to extend his acting credit. That's it. Awesome! Awesome! Uh, yeah, uh, the character that they're talking about on the world beyond uh, is going to be an interesting character to keep an eye on uh, as the show moves on forward. So with that being said, uh, and the news uh, and the time we have left, 
I do want to touch a little bit on some of our topics that we have for tonight. We're going to just, you know, see uh, some of the topics that Kat laid out for us in the most desperate acts of survival on The Walking Dead. Okay, so we're going to start with the season three premiere where Herschel gets his uh, leg bitten by a walker at the prison, leaving Rick with no choice but to do the unthinkable out of desperation to save Herschel's life. With nothing but an axe, Rick amputates Herschel's leg, and all anyone can do is hope and pray that the infection had not spread to the rest of his body. Knowing that Rick had never experienced, had, did not have any experience in performing surgery of any kind, and with no surgical equipment on hand, this was a pretty risky gamble, but Herschel does survive the procedure now you put just let's say let's take you ismail all right uh <laughs> let's say you're in rick's spot and herschel just got bit by walker okay do you write him off or do you see yourself doing the exact same thing and chopping the poor man's leg off no i don't have the guts to chop a man's leg off <laughs> well let's go around the room and yeah. ask uh summer do you have what it takes in you to amputate do an emergency amputation to save someone's life i'll see you on the other side <laughs> i can't do it <laughs> marco do you have it i love herschel too much so yes i would cut his leg off Sad. Give it a chance. yeah i'm i'm with marco i think it, it just kick in and just try to do anything to save him so yeah marie you have to amputate somebody's leg off do you do it? Yeah, totally. Wait a minute. Hold up. You're, you, <laughs> you don't watch The Walking Dead because of the blood, but you're willing to cut someone's limb off. If it's real life, absolutely. Oh, so it's only the fake stuff that scares you. <laughs> okay, that makes perfect sense. I get it. I get it. All right. All right. Let's move on. Um <laughs> All right. I nah. love stuff. That's why I'm in the field that I'm in. I love it. Oh. But I just can't watch it fake on TV. It like gives me nightmares. I don't know. Oh. Wow. Well, I uh, well, let's hope you never have to amputate any limbs off. Now, if you all remember, <laughs> Michonne had two walkers who were being pulled along with chains. Both walkers had their arms arms cut off and lower jaws removed, uh, as well as any kind of teeth. These particular walkers were implied to be Michonne's boyfriend, Mike, and his friend, Terry. This method is then followed by Andrea, who then we learned that smashing out the teeth of the walkers against a rock was how they were removed safely. It goes to show the desperation that Michonne went through in order to keep herself safe while she traveled alone for some time and she continued this method even after meeting Andrea. Another method of masking themselves from walkers is first season in season one, episode two, Guts, where Rick came up with the idea to cover themselves in blood, walker, guts, and gore, and that comes in handy in the future well beyond that episode. 
This is when the members of the original group were in the shopping center, and we all remember the scene. Now, now, Summer, you don't have it in you to amputate someone's leg, all right? To save your life, do you cover your body in blood, guts, and gore? Oh, come Probably, on. Probably. You know what? Can you imagine the smell? I would have just died alone from the smell, okay? I know. You know what? No. So you're willing to just call it quits right then and there? Yes, I'm just gone. Oh, man. It's... That Lori name is looking better and better on you. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because Michonne would do whatever it would take. Of course she would. Oh. That's why she's my idol. Oh, oh man. Anyway, uh, now if you all notice, they take care uh, that they have lab coats on. Uh, and they do that throughout. Remember when Alexandria got overrun and it was Rick, uh, yeah. Jesse, Carl, Michonne stuck in the room together? And Rick, uh, we see him since that's the first time since this episode Guts that we see Rick use that trick again. I, am right. I right, Saz? Uh, you know the episode I'm talking about when Alexandria was surrounded by walkers after the wall fell. Yeah. And yeah. it was Rick, Carl, and Michonne, and Deanna was bit. And yeah, Rick's yeah. idea, his only idea, was to pull one of the walkers in, grab a couple of bed sheets, and cover them up. That was the first time Rick had done that since the season one. Yeah, he mentions it too. He's like, I, yeah. I did this before so yeah. to Michonne. So yeah, so that was that was the second time he did that. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, it's just—it's amazing. It's done throughout the series, and then if you switch over to Fear, Nick from Fear, he had that figured out right away. Yeah, he had it in his yeah. pocket from day one. Yeah. I mean, that's no. how smart he was. He just—he knew it right then and there. Now, Rick warns the group not to get any of the Walker blood on their skin or in their eyes. Now, if you all notice, they care that they have taken the—I just read that—the lab coats. But we are reminded of the risks involved in using this as a way of camouflage by Negan when he warns Father Gabriel that people have become sick. And it is Father Gabriel who develops an infection from the Walker blood and guts, which also causes him to lose his eyesight and one eye permanently. And you know, Saz, that's always been a curious thing for me and i don't clearly recall the events but what exactly was the underlying reason that father gabriel lost that eye what set that off well this is it about that because again with rick and glenn doing it and then we see everyone seems to be okay and then when negan and father gabriel did it father gabriel was suddenly ill with it um, so I never really got to kind of understand how that works. I mean, how does that um, exactly work? We, I mean, for 10 plus years now, expect, yeah, I mean, these people have been killing zombies, uh, smashing heads, getting blood all over their body and face. Mm. No one's gotten sick. I'm fine. Yeah. And Gabriel voluntarily puts on uh, zombie guts. And he nearly dies. It's like it's could just, it have maybe been 
on a walker that was sick. Maybe that was infected blood. Remember, there were humans before they were walkers. So yeah, it could yeah. have been a, a walker who had leukemia, who had a blood def- deficiency that, again, I'm thinking out of the box here, but it could have just been a walker that was just sick before he died or yeah. she died. That, you know, it, it could have been anything. It could have been uh, a pathogen that got in. Or maybe Father Gabriel had an, an immune system that he had a deficiency to that caused him to get ill. That I makes, mean, just, yeah, that makes yeah, perfect sense. Yeah. yeah, that yeah, makes perfect sense. Don't you remember when they leave the trailer in Negan? Negan does like hit a couple of walkers with Lucille. Maybe he got maybe he got blood from the walkers in his eyes. No, don't think. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Marco's explanation. The only thing that makes sense to me is like what Marco said, the walker that they hit was sick before he died. And just because you're dead, obviously we know the blood is still pumping. The, right. Well, the blood is still flowing somehow. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you're sick before, there's no reason to think that you're, you're I don't know, you, you're dead. So it's kind of, it's hard to phrase this, but it is possible for a pathogen or a virus to still be carried by the dead. And if you get that on you, then you get infected as well. I mean, that's what they used in World War Z as the cure to the zombies. The, if yeah, you were ill, yeah, yeah. if you were ill, you were not improved to them. So that's why they infect themselves with with polio and meningitis and so forth to make them not be detectable. So it's it genius. I mean, that was that was such a great film. I mean, I can't I loved it. grasp how great World War Z was. I loved but, it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I mean, going over the years, I want to get your guys' opinion. Okay. Because uh, it the show has varied a little bit in how walkers detect the living. Uh, I asked myself with the whole Whisperer story, how is just putting on a mask enough to be yeah. undetectable? Why did Rick and them have to soak their bodies in blood and guts to be undetectable? But the Whisperers only put on a mask. And they become undetectable. They were probably starting to smell like them. If I mean, they were around them for so long, they probably just kind of adapted to their smell, and you know, and just started smelling like the dead. Now with Beta, I can see that the dude's nasty. <laughs> yeah, the but, dude is but, nasty. Like, the whispers like, never <laughs> had showers, never had the like water, never had anything, so they probably yeah. smelled like them. Not they, like Rick yeah, and Alpha. Rick. Alpha made them live very animalistic. Uh, so they, they blend in. But it, it's just very weird as we go through the years. I think the writers, it's not a slip of the writers. And I don't think they're doing it for us to just kind of ignore and look the other way. I think along the line, they're doing this. Not that they're going to necessarily answer it at some future episode or another series. I think they just want to keep us constantly guessing. Yes. Um, and also, and that's a big ingredient to what makes this show so great. You're always questioning and guessing, well, how come when this happened to this person two seasons ago, and now it happened to this character, we have two completely different outcomes. And I think they just want to keep us on our toes and keep us guessing, and it's a great strategy. And also, too, the, the premise of the whispers are we walk like the dead. So they walk with them as well. Yeah. And if you notice, I was watching the episode today where Negan was wearing the mask and the walker was walking right by him, looked at him, walked away. But once Negan spoke, then the walker decided that, wait a minute, 
you're not part of who I am. And then he became aggressive. So it wasn't, so Alpha was genius with that. She kind of created a whole lifestyle. Not only do they smell like them, walk like them, but they become them. That's why they survive for so long. That's why out of all, I think, the uh, villains that we had, the saviors, the wolves, that's why the whispers are so dangerous because she took the biggest enemy that the world is facing and put that in her pocket. And now she's like, you know what? Like Beta, you're going to have to defeat a thousand walkers. That's my army. So how do you do that if you're part of the living when you can blend in with part of the dead? That's why I think the whispers are so dangerous because they're, they're people that adapted to what the world is all about right now. And she looked at, yeah, I'm sorry. And she looked at Rick and the gang as just people living in fantasy land. This isn't real. This is not going to last very long. That's why I love her. And I I agree with her in so many things, but boy, was she nuts. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, again, I I tip my head to Samantha Morton for that because she just kind of pulled that off really well. She's amazing. And that leads me to my next thing that I want to talk about as sort of a like to get a group consensus. After the Savior War ended, uh, at the end of season eight, and we got into season nine, uh, and I knew the whisperers were coming. I'm like, man, are they really gonna find an antagonist group that is as bad as Negan's saviors? I'm like, that's a hard task because they were yeah. bad. They were they were ruthless under Negan, <laughs> no regard. Uh, they're part of the the greeting method that they use is they automatically are gonna kill one of your group. So I was very pleasantly surprised that when I heard Greg Nicotero on Talking Dead uh, in the beginning of season nine, when he says that we're going to be introduced to a very scary group of characters in The Whisperers, I'm like, well, let's see how scary they really are. They were scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. They, yeah, Ethan, exactly. They... They stepped up. I mean, uh, when it came to the whispers, I'm like, oh my god, the saviors! They, they have guns. They have machine guns. They have the numbers. What is this? Just ragtag group that just walk with the dead and follow a, a woman who's behaving like a pack leader? Come on, that can take them in a minute. But oh man, was I wrong? Yeah. I was wrong. That's what I've always said about the whispers. I said you can say what you want about the whispers, but they are smart. They are smart. Oh yeah. Um, kind of like what Marco was saying, that they've used the biggest kind of enemy out there, which are the walkers, and used it to their advantage. Like Michonne um, says, that's their nuclear yeah. weapon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So around with you guys and Ethan as well, uh, out of all the antagonists we had, individuals like Dawn and groups, well, individuals like the Governor Dawn and groups like the Saviors, the Terminus people, who in your mind was the most evil? Summer, you're up first. The Governor. Who did you? Who would you not want to come up against to if you were in the Survivor's shoes? The Governor again? The uh. No, I would say um, the um, terminus. Terminus, Marco. Yeah. Who? Two two part question. First part. Who did you think was the most evil? I'm gonna get flack for this, but I think Negan is a douchebag. Okay. I still think he's a douchebag. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. sorry. He says. 
nothing against that's why Jeffrey D. Morgan is great because he was just so he just was just, just there was no there was no goodness kindness he was he's demoralizing he was degrading even he now I'm it. finding it hard yeah I was I mean, even now I'm finding it hard to kind of go past what he did so he still yeah yeah I would have to say Negan Negan's still my my worst okay and now he's who- gonna have to do something sorry John he's gonna have to do something really like above the mark for me to say all right I forgive him. but for now he still stands at my worst now, who would you not want to face if you were uh, the survivors? It could be a different answer or the same. Yeah, I mean, I think the wolves were very scary because they just had no, they're like the Joker. They just had no, yeah. they just came in and they would like, you know what, I'm just taking it. So when you're dealing with an enemy that has no remorse or no reason as to why they want to kill you, it's very scary. It's very, yeah, it's very scary, yeah. Sass. The wolves were good. The wolves were Most bad, yeah. evil. Governor, I no. Just full cray cray mode. No, didn't like him at all. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. That's my pick too, guys. The governor. Who would you not want to face in real life if you were a survivor? I'd probably say the governor again. I just didn't just, trust him. Yeah. Yeah. There was something about him that I just couldn't put my finger on and wouldn't no. For me. By far, without a question, the governor is the most evil. And Ismael, we're getting to you too. But uh, who I would not want to face, uh, I'd have to go with seasons seven and eight, Negan. Yeah. Uh, I I just like Marco said, he uh, it took him six years in jail. Uh, he was defiant uh, after his throat was slashed. After they had him in the hospital at the end of season eight, not the hospital, in the infirmary, um, in the beginning of season nine, it, it took the time jump that we saw change in him start to happen. Ismail, who was the most evil one for you? Uh, by far, it's Negan. Yeah, I didn't like the guy. Yeah, who I, would you not want to face in real life? I would face Beta. Beta. Oh, That's yeah. A scary I didn't even think about him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about him. Ethan, yeah. who's the most evil one for you? Uh, I would have to just say the governor, too. He just, yeah, he was evil. He was, he was too far gone. He was pure psychopath. Who would you not want to face in real life? Uh, agreeing with Ismael, I'd have to say Beta. He's just scary. Like, I wouldn't know. Yeah. yeah. Yes, but oh, I can't say it because that's a spoiler. Uh, in regards, to, oh yeah, damn it, uh, I almost let I almost let something slip. All right, guys, um, what? Well, first of all, do we all agree that season ten of The Walking Dead has brought the show has resuscitated brand new life into the show? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Is my old? Do you agree with that, or do you have any I doubt? Don't, no, I don't. I don't. What do you think I is still missing? For, what do you think is still missing for you? Well, if you guys, I don't want to spoil anything, but if you guys watch no, like, don't spoil finale, you'll see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ethan, how about yeah. you? Did season 10 revitalize The Walking Dead for you? Or do you still think you need more? Uh, season 10 actually did, but I feel like season 9 did it more for me because season 9 was like one of my Agreed. favorite seasons, over 10 in my opinion, but Season 9 and 10 are amazing, and the show's better than it has been in a very long time for me. 
Well, you see, for me, season nine was just, I don't know. It was just, I'm like, eh, I'm, I didn't hate it. Uh, I was not one of my top favorite. I was just indifferent to it. Uh, season nine. Do you think nine. it's because uh, Andrew Lincoln left? You think maybe no. that had a lot to do well, with it? Yeah, a little bit. He was my favorite, but you know, I, I, I had by by see by season nine, I have already come to know that a main character can leave and the show will carry on great. Right. So right. that yeah. didn't play that much of a role for me, uh, but it's just the way that season nine ended on a kind of a happy note, snowball fight. Back yeah. in Alexandria, yep. we're like, you know, we're waiting for this bad shocker finale to happen. And it was a happy ending. And I think that's the first time in 10 seasons that that happened. And it sort of left me, I don't know, confused a little bit. I love the season. I mean, we lost Jesus in season nine. Uh, hmm. Jesus never got to find out what the hell these people were. When just think of it this way: when Jesus died, when Jesus died, <laughs> he was thinking his last thoughts before he passed from this earth. I got stabbed by a walker. Yeah, that those were his last thoughts. Just yeah. and that explains the look on his face. I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm dying, but what the hell just happened? Yeah, Summer, who was the hardest person for you to lose on the show? Besides Glenn and Abraham. Let's keep them out of the mix here. Are because you talking about they were hard for everyone. Whose character's dying? death did you find it hard that, yeah, died? Noah. Noah. It was, Noah. okay. Marco? Had a gruesome death. Um, I would have to say Beth was hard because she struggled so long and she was just about to be reunited with her family. I thought that was devastating and we didn't see that coming. And I thought T-Dog was horrible too. I mean, I thought T-Dog was just, yeah, those two. I mean, everyone was horrible. Jesus was horrible, Noah, of course, mm -hmm. but their death had to have a meaning. It had to have something, but yeah, Beth was just kind of a person that I, she, I was just getting to feel her character and her strong, her strength and, you know, matching her with Norman Reedus in that season with those episodes just kind of gave her a new character. And for her to go like that, I don't know what the writers were thinking about that. I just thought it was just hard. Sounds, it's hard for Maggie. Uh, yeah. It's hard to watch Lauren Cohen go through oh, that, too. Yeah, Kudos right. on her, you know? That was her last family member. Saz? Yeah. Well, besides Glenn, who was the hardest person that you saw die on The Walking Dead for you? I think, for me, again, off of Marco, obviously I agree with Beth, but I wanted to see so much more for, from Jesus. So I think when we saw his death, a total shock. But yeah, I just wish we could have seen, you know, that more badass, like karate, kung fu, you know. Um, Absolutely. For me, yeah, my answer might surprise you guys. For me, it's Shane. Ah. For ah. me, it really was Shane. Uh, for me, I really questioned... Wow, how is The Walking Dead going to continue without Shane? I'm like, I, I, it left me shocked. Like, such a major character dying in season two. I actually, I'm like, are they ending this show after only two seasons? But it went on. That's what I was trying to say earlier. The show gets on, and it got better. Uh, that's what makes this show so great. And yeah, some people left. A lot of people. A lot of people. T Dog. Uh, Irony 
admitted yesterday that after Glenn was killed, he could not watch the show after that. That's how much it had affected him after Negan took out uh, Michael Cudlitz and Stephen Yen because uh, it, it was such a brutal, devastating uh, loss that he couldn't watch it, at least for a while after those two died. Uh, but one thing that The Walking Dead has taught us, and for me it started with Shane. I started questioning, how is this show going to go on without Shane? And I very quickly realized that it can and it can, and does can not only can it go on, but it can get better. Ismail, for you, who was the hardest character that died? Probably was Carl. Carl, of course, that's right. You know why? Because you just don't keep a character like surviving for eight consecutive seasons and give him just a simple death, such as the Walker bite. Should have gone. Yeah. Should have gone as a hero. And he was yeah. close to your age too, so there's a similar there's resemblance. There's an age there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You I know. Go on. I cried during Glenn's death, but that one was the hardest. Totally understand, Ethan. Yeah. Um, mine was actually Tyrese. Um, I don't, Aww. I don't tear up too much uh, with TV shows, but when he passed, it it got to me. He just he was such a good soul, and he cared about everyone and. It was just so sad to see what happened to him. It was. He went out fighting. It was. I, I think what Ismail just said about Carl, about he should deserved a lot more, which he did. But for me, Carl's hero moment was when he was on top of that wall talking to Negan, giving his friends time to escape into the tunnels. That yeah, was my hero right. moment for yeah. Carl. Okay? You're right. For Tyrese, uh, he deserved more. And that's why I agree with Ethan, with Ethan on yeah. Tyrese. Uh, so anyway, guys, we 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 started late and we're almost at an hour and 15 minutes. So I'm going <laughs> to wrap this show up. Like I said, guys, tonight there were no rules, no official starting time. Starting Monday, we're going back to our structured schedule starting at 9.30 p.m. Uh, this is officially the end of season one of Dead Talk Live. Thank you so much. Uh, 162 episodes. We did a full Major League Baseball season. Uh, <laughs> uh, tomorrow is going to be my first day off in five and a half months. Uh, and me and the wife are having date night. Uh, me and the wife are having date night tomorrow night. And uh, I'm excited. She's excited. Marie's been on my ass. You know, <laughs> you have a wife. Don't forget yeah. about your wife. I'm like, I haven't. I haven't. Tomorrow. Can I just say, I just say one thing real quick, guys? Absolutely. I just want to. I just want to thank all of you so much, and how much I love all of you for taking something that Aww. John and I did as something to kind of go through pandemic and make it something amazing. I mean, to the point where we've had A-list celebrities on and, and directors and producers and, you know, we've accomplished things that I think a lot of live streams haven't done in years and we did it in months and that's because of all of you. And I have a day job. I know Cat uh, has a day job. So it's, it's, you know, we balance everything, but at the end of the day, tap yourselves on the shoulder. We're doing a great job and it's just going to get better as season comes. And we need to do this more often. We need to yeah. do yeah. our day yeah, night. Right. Our day right. night. 
We should get together and just bullshit. Oh yeah. Sorry, just kind of just. <laughs> this is fun. Just do this. This is really fun. I had whose I had idea was this originally? It wasn't mine. It was yours, Marco, to do this. What? This us group. Yeah, 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 it was your idea. Yeah. It was yeah. great. Yeah, it, it was, was. great. Yeah, it uh, was. You know what? We don't see. Go ahead. I, w- I want to ask one more question before we do wrap this up because we've had, uh, especially over the last six week, six weeks, a plethora of guests start coming on the show. Summer, hard question: Who has been your favorite guest that we've had on Dead Talk Live? Maybe favorite is not the right word. I don't know what the right word is. Who? Which interview have you enjoyed the most? I in- really enjoyed T Dogs yesterday. Or irony, I really enjoyed his um, his interview, and then I also enjoyed uh, the guy who played Owen. Yeah, he's I, I wasn't expecting that. Benedict yeah, Samuel. Not, I Sam. was really not expecting yeah. that. Yeah, Benedict so, Samuel. Yeah. Marco, how about oh, for yeah. you? Like I say, guys, I want to make a uh, little disclaimer that we're not choosing favorites. I'm just asking the team. All our interviews are great, uh, and that's yeah. why somebody had such a hard time. Answering that question, I can't answer that because I cannot pick one. They've all been amazing. But I'm just trying to see the team if they had one that they just really touched them on a personal level. I loved um, I loved Emma. I thought Emma was sweet and adorable. I could just pinch her all day. Very informative. I loved, loved, loved Andy Rothenberg. I thought that just his charisma, his style, and you know, just made Jim more of what I liked him. I mean, I love them all. I love Michael Trainer. Of course, I love Juan because Juan's just eye candy. I can keep my eyes off Juan <laughs> when he's talking. Sorry oh, about yeah. that, guys. Um, <laughs> Irony was fantastic. And I mean, Michael Satchezimus, they, they were all amazing. They were all fantastic. Everybody was just amazing. And, and you know, we all worked so hard at trying to get him on the show and for them to come on. And the fact that they trusted us to come on the show, not knowing what we were all about, and then leaving with emails to both john and i about how great the show was and it, it was it was it was brilliant i, I can't say I, I i love all of them they were all yeah, amazing me too that's why i, I, I can't can Saz, did any uh, particular interview touch you in any different you know on a personal uh, level there was a couple i don't know i don't know if you remember there was you had a guest called summer on that she was really good i really enjoyed her <laughs> oh, uh, and there was oh, another guest uh, another guest, Saz Chick. Yeah, that's Saz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so good answer it. there. Ismail, how about for you? Um, Lindsay Register. Oh, yeah. Lindsay Register. Oh, my gosh. She was I, amazing. I skip a second of that interview. Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay yeah. was amazing. Ethan, yeah. how about for you? Oh, that's that's so hard to it say. Is. But that's why I can't pick. I I can't. They're all amazing for me. I mean, I, I'm the one that's talking to them, and they're all fascinating in a very different and unique way. If I really had to pick one, I'd probably say Emma. She was um that was an amazing interview. I really enjoyed it. She was just so nice and lovely. Okay, Marie, which one did you enjoy on the screen? I really liked uh, Sabrina. Sabrina. Sabrina, yeah. Oh, Sabrina, I'll tell you what, yeah. out of all, I could say this. Sabrina, uh, out of all the guests that we have, is like personality-wise, the female version of me. <laughs> That's the best <laughs> way I can describe it. You know what I mean? She was amazing. Yeah, I liked her. Yeah, she I was fun. I she did like a game, and one of our fans got to get 
a mask from her and she was yeah. i felt like really interactive and a lot of fun yeah sabrina was great anyway guys and that- Lou. i love love lou, lou temple, temple love, love, lou, love lou yeah lou. yeah and michael cudlitz i mean oh my god oh yeah guys michael cudlitz i don't know how many of you guys know this but yeah, michael we didn't have him in this video yeah michael cudlitz is our only guest that we this is before we went switch to video uh yeah. he was a phone interview but michael cudlitz was my first interview yeah now talk about being thrown into the deep end of the <laughs> pool yeah so that's why every interview after michael cudlitz i'm like hey I've, i did michael cudlitz i survived it and I, you know i think i got better and better with each and every one of them and but michael cudlitz will always hold a special place in all of our hearts because he was oh, our yeah. first celebrity guest on dead talk live and, and, what, a huge one. and, what, yeah. and what a guest to have yep. a celebrity guest to have uh to be your first one and have it be abraham michael cudlitz and of course thank you to all of our viewers we would not be here oh, yes. if it wasn't for you guys thank you guys everybody here that you see on the screen chats with you guys every night in the chats you see them now on the screen but they're the ones talking to you in the chats every night and khaleesi is with us in the chat she's part of our team uh singer chick uh, who i don't think is with us tonight is a part of our team uh, all you guys we do everything we can to keep this show viewer interactive and to keep you guys engaged and we do this show for you we do it for you and we do it for the walking dead fandom we do it for the entertainment fandom and fandom in general so thank you so much guys we are off the air tonight we'll not be back on tomorrow season two starting in less than 48 hours on monday october 5th with special guests greg nicotero tom savini and anthony tampone and i'm going to give my panel each one of them to say the tagline one at a time summer you're first <laughs> until tomorrow summer until tomorrow stay walking marco until tomorrow stay walking says until tomorrow stay walking marie until tomorrow Stay walking. Ismail. Until tomorrow, stay walking. Ethan, top it off, man. Until tomorrow, stay walking. That's right, guys. And until Monday, not tomorrow, <laughs> stay walking. <laughs> yeah, you're right.